Hey, welcome to Superstructure. This is Natty, and we're continuing uh, a new format, which is not intentional, but that's what, that's what happens in, in uh, the organic intellectual zone. Things just happen. Uh, and today in my uh, series, I had Max and then Will for one-on-ones, and today's Natty one-on-one is with uh, Ian, who we had uh, on a former earlier episode. Ian, who are you? Why are you here? What's happening? Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm Ian, uh, at Ian underscore as underscore portrait um, on Twitter, and I'm here because I've got a bone to pick with Ben Burgess, uh, right? Ben Burgess. Uh, yeah, um, he writes a, a lot of articles for Jacobin, and some of which I'm sure are good, uh, but most of which that I've read are not. And why do we give a shit about this dude? I know, like, you were talking on the last step we had you on, we were talking about the Bruneggs. I think we, like, read a Liz and Matt article just to, like, really double down on people's suffering. Um, (laughs) 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 And maybe we're we're looking at something similar today, (laughs) like, kind of where where in our, like, hate watching of the internet uh, left discourse, like, where within this do we... Uh, care yeah. what Ben Burgess has to say and why is it worth? Yeah, like well, those are big questions. What is what is yeah. his role? Well, and, yeah. So first off, obviously there's the let people enjoy things, but the things I enjoy <laughs> are being a hater and critical analysis. And <laughs> the thing is that uh, what both the Brunigs and Burgess share in common is they have a faux criticality that they bring to these subjects where they're trying to bring effectively neoliberal ideal um, yeah, ideology into socialist thinking, but they're not removing the neoliberal thinking aspect of it. They're just, they're bringing in the numbers, they're bringing in the statistics, um, and they're approaching it in this kind of mechanized way that really seems to take us down just a really negative path. Well, there's a there's a political ideology that's informing this style, right? Which is that they um, think they need to appeal to this audience of like reasonable uh, internet nerd bros who like are weighing the the debate and maybe they're considering whether they they think taxes are violence or not or um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and they kind of this as there's sort of like a a nerdy aesthetic that's almost like purposefully dull but also normy where there's this yeah like to the left of uh the like reasonable centrism of clinton but it's this sort of reasonable centrism for dem socialism or something that's like trying to appeal to common sense and it's like you have to think about like who is this audience that is your common man and why do these slippages occur where like this common sense socialism takes you down these sort of like inverted neoliberal lanes where you're just like yeah take neoliberalism but then win and Mm -hmm. change it a little (laughs) there seems to be kind of uh an approach of yeah, inverting the neoliberal like paradigm and saying, okay, what if we what what if we what if we flipped who the winners could be mm-hmm. on one one side, um, and that kind of just it sets up a lot of future failures, kind of without even intending to. 
Um, and when you have a lot of background as a thinker, um, as all three of these people do, to not recognize that kind of failure in your thought process is to really put a poison pill among all the left that you're that you're trying to um, to impact. Which is right? uh, it, which is uh, in his case, like what's his uh, spear? Because I know we're going to look at his Jacobin articles a bit, but he has several spheres. Uh, he's a prolific. We we discovered to our great joy that um, he had seventy two articles on Jacobin, <laughs> which we we read yes. certainly all of them um, to do our due diligence. That's right. We took the Jordan Peterson <laughs> approach. And we went ahead and read all of his work, uh, watch all of his YouTube videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of the appearances. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> God, there's so <laughs> many know, of them. Jesus. All the all the Twitch <laughs> debates. How long would that take you? Can you imagine? <laughs> I think I think that you could, uh, with the aid of like the speed button, right, I think that you could you could maybe get through all of his work in like a month or so. But it is a lot, right? Jesus. It is a lot of putting stuff out there. Um, <laughs> to, to our great joy, as I said, for the socialist mm -hmm. well, although not always. <laughs> right. Well, and what's interesting as well not, is that not a lot. Really to our great job, but... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, please, I, you, you if can... that didn't if if that didn't come across, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you put that note there well, for well, anybody who wasn't quite following. I don't want to just be like a total bitch, you know. Like, um, right. I try right. to mix like bitchy and nice, and so um, it's hard to it's find important. that balance. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. See, I've been told, you know, I just I just sound like I do, so you know, it does always comes across as bitchy. I can't do anything about it. Um, but you know, there. It's interesting as well because a lot of these uh, thinkers will uh, talk. They will be very adamant against a Liz Warren type or against yeah. a Matt Iglesias type. Right. And the problem is that they're not that far away from right. those people. Though they're kissing cousins with them. Totally. Um, totally. Right? Well, that's um, that's part of the I don't want people to then I feel like this argument like leaves me open for someone to say like, well, then that's your same obsession. But there is something to their fixation about it that is like a sense of um, like identification, like not wanting to mm -hmm. be like like John Stewart or like Liz Warren or Iglesias, this common sense pragmatism that is a line, you know, and is like right. uh, self-assuming and kind of makes certain sacrifices at the borders of like what is considered reasonable, you know, mm -hmm. and is like hiding who makes that decision, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which in this case, I think the key is that they, they, their idea of who's making decisions in society is like, um, debate bros which are legion i've i've from ian i've learned more about debate bros from you than anybody i'm like who are these twitch people who are i'm just like this is a whole ecology this is a universe and like it's a universe mm -hmm. that gets views like we talk a lot about jacobin or different things or mm -hmm. different twitter people or youtube you know superstructures are very unabashedly <laughs> online show but you know we don't get as much into this world that's like twitch debaters who stream mm -hmm. nine hours a day you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but that's yeah. like a lot and of eyeballs it's a big world you know in right. left media to, you know yeah definitely and to ben's credit he tries to compete inside that right and so like it is it is a huge thing that he said okay 
uh, there's a dearth of whatever. So what I need to do is just fill the box. I just got to make sure I got to put out content to compete with these people. And like that is like there is something there because, as you said, you know, the the Twitch and YouTube ecology is full of people that put up nonsense, Um, (laughs) not even right wing nonsense, just like, you know, centrist nonsense or like from a left perspective nonsense, um, just all the time. Right. And, you know, whether they're video essayists putting out some stuff that's kind of odd, you know, (laughs) once a week or once a month or whatever, or whether they're a daily streamer that's putting out eight hours of just straight content of, you know, let me be your best friend. Listen to me. Um, as like on one thing while you work and play on a right. different screen right. um, or, and, and then, you know, one of the things that they, that all of those streamers have figured out to do is that not everybody wants to do that. Uh, but mm. you can still form parasocial relationships or whatever. Uh, you which, can still which, build can, audience. which can be beautiful. Uh, totally, <laughs> super structure totally, line. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not. Common sense. A, 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 right. Right. Um, <laughs> But what they end up doing is they'll take their eight hours of footage and they'll pay somebody uh, and they'll cut it down. Um, okay. And then then they have eight hours cut into two hours. It's a highlight reel um, oh, of that day. Um, and then you that just has all all kinds of extra. Um, I just want to comment on like the, the aesthetics of it and like some of the politics of it that like I think it's interesting like that I think probably like a lot of media but that there is certainly like a a kind of drab like nerdy like white I mean I think there's like a there's a variety you know but a very male space and I don't know that much about all these things and I think probably there's countercurrents to all mm-hmm. of that but I think what do you think about like the aesthetics of like where Burgess is trying maybe to an extent to be like, hey, I can be of this. Like I can be comfortably um, yeah. uh, of a certain uh, style. I don't know. Like how would you describe yeah. that? Yeah, I would say that. So he slots into that pretty well. Right? <laughs> um, and he slots into that reasonably well because of uh, a background in formal logic. Um, right. He's got his Ph.D. in philosophy and uh, I think a concentration in formal logic. And so he's very good with that, which is, you know, that's why he gets to make fun of Ben Shapiro so much is that he gets to play along with the formal logic games that Ben Shapiro pretends to know. Um, <laughs> he does uh, a modern day debate show and that's that's great fun. You know, you find out white supremacist, uh, that guy, the guy that runs that show brings them on and then you tell them that they're wrong and, you know, various ways for an hour and a half. And at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, you probably made more white supremacists than you did um, when you converted. <laughs> Um, but the, the way that he fits into that milieu is both being kind of acerbic, um, by, by having these arguments and by really focusing on, uh, arguments of construction and tone, um, right. Or not, maybe not even tone, right. Uh, maybe he, that, that's kind of not part of the things that he's concerned about because he'll you'll hear him in, in interviews and in products that he puts out talking about the soundness of Pro- arguments, right? Product. Which is a technical term. product. Yeah. Well, you know, 
Because he's Some like you were call saying before, he's like a, a like a different brand, Nathan Robinson, and mm-hmm. uh, who else? Who else was his like alternate selves, but with a different oh, brand? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they do yeah. have that aesthetic of like, I know how to make an argument the right way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So being concerned about like the soundness of arguments, yeah. which is a technical term yeah. from their philosophy degrees. Yeah. Um, meanwhile. You know, the audience isn't really paying attention to <laughs> the soundness of the argument. They're paying no. attention to the passion of the person, to the way that it's delivered, um, right? And so, like, like in the, they're paying attention to these areas that I am failing at right now because I'm just talking, right, like neutrally about things. But if I wanted to, then I would start uh, yeah, changing the failing. way that I'm trying to deliver things <laughs> and really try to like emphasize the the complete lack that we have here on in these allies. Um, well, and yeah. that, yeah, and that that's the kind of type of thing that an audience is there for, right? Like the enjoyment of an audience, like nobody actually enjoys um, the teacher from Ferris Bueller just kind of like re- wrote repeating these A equals A, uh, A equals, uh, or not equals They do B, for the style, B, maybe, whatever. the passion of it. Like right. the way Sam Cedar, you know, that's like right. on that YouTube right. lens that like, through Michael Brooks, Ben Burgess comes out, but Sam Cedar, like libertarians mm-hmm. call in and he kind of like, as, you know, has a way of saying, right. well, what about the roads, you know, <laughs> kind of like his. Right. Well, like, and with Sam Cedar's videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Sam Cedar's videos, what you notice is that he is always annoyed. Uh, right, like right. whenever he, whenever a libertarian calls into his show, uh, he takes them gladly. And then he switches from like, he switches from strictly having fun and a good time to let me hide how good of a time I'm about to have and put on this annoyed persona to where like, I'm ready to snap at you and make snide comments kind of the whole time. And I'm looking to catch you into these little logical fallacies that you're gonna fall into, like these spots where you're contradicting yourself, right? Like where you're hypocritical, whatever, um, and use that to needle the person. And what Ben hasn't mastered, uh, again, if he's listening, you know, Here's a bit of constructive criticism. Um, I don't think that he's mastered the way to needle other people. Um, that doesn't come across entertainingly. Um, and because he's still focused on the, uh, the school version of it, right? Like he's writing a paper um, instead, of put, instead, of being an inter- instead of being an entertainer with it. And that's how you get these nine-hour Twitch streamers to go on and have a three-hour debate with... Uh, on a panel of 12 people and just screaming at each other, even with a moderator, they'll end up, um, you know, having one person talk at a time, but the way that they deliver their, their monologues is entirely set up to just kind of grab passions and then use logic as decoration. Well, because I think Ben, I think probably, probably has good intentions, but I also do think there's a sense in which for me, like his ethical uh, compromises are like part of the style and that like, I'm sure it's possible you could be sort of a different type of uh, radical debater. I don't really know that whole ecosystem, but I'm sure there's like people who are like going for a sort of like, you know, trans and uh, Mm -hmm. like, uh, like, diverse and i don't know like all kinds of uh streamers you know and that was a horrible description but um <laughs> <laughs> there, there are all kinds of people that 
are that are doing that work. Because he does right. that um, is one of the like that is one of his niches he pisses off in particular. But right. um, but it's interesting like that. I think part of his sort of being this like nag of a boring teacher that doesn't seem to me, I guess, like have this sort of sense of an entertainment that's ethical, this sort of like ethical pleasure that's like a there can be mm -hmm. an ethics to like actually getting the argument in a deeper way where you're not making these sacrifices and like the beauty and care of that. And and I think right. he will too much go into this well to like to convince the the nerds who are like our core social democratic audience, like I have to make some of the same types of moves someone like an edgelord centrist, mm -hmm. like um uh, uh, destiny makes, or even someone right. who's like to the left of that, like Mike from PA, there can be this sort of like, um, social Jacobin compromise that's like, no, we have to seem normal to become more convincing, and that uh, inevitably becomes like a cis bro thing. And then his particular right. expression of that is this sort of a certain type of masculinity, right? Which is like, why well, I, I know mm -hmm. how to be logical, right? And you know, maybe I'm. I'm shy about the fact that I find Anna and Dasha on Red Scare to be very bohemian, you know, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but I think it's, I think we wanted to read today, like, into his, like, uh, Jacobin, uh, mm -hmm. au you know, I think he first kind of, you know, he has zero books, he's written, like, about logic, he's written that the world is burning, so we shouldn't cancel comedians who make uh, racist or trans jokes. Um, and and then he's like, came up right. through Michael Brooks' show, right? And we both like mm -hmm. know that world, but there's some things, you know, rest in peace, uh, good dude, but there's some things in this ideological strain um, that are, uh, I think hurtful and and I think we should start mm -hmm. with conversion. Um you you want to say anything more about that? I don't know if I just went on a a, a tangent. <laughs> no, I think you're good. Um yeah. yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep Well, cuz we're talking about conversion, right? That Burgess mm -hmm. is um trying to convert people, right? This sort of I don't know if it's Catholic or Protestant or what it is, but they have this interest in uh the vampire castle, right? With this Mark Fisher line right. about what what do you have to say about that? What's their what's their line on converts and what's the the meaning of that for them? I know you love yeah, so, I, I know that you from the south, you love uh, you love Atlanta Christianity in particular. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I can't get quite enough of uh, Christianity just everywhere. Just it's got to be everywhere. It's an important thing. Right. So, um, you know, he's got in uh, one of these articles, well, in a couple of them, one he of mentioned the 72 uh, articles <laughs> for the, for the Jacobin hordes. <laughs> right. He, uh, he mentions the, the vampire castle in several articles, but in one of them, he talks, he specifically quotes out that the vampire castle doesn't know how to make converts, but that after all, isn't the point. Um, and you know, if we just kind of take the vampire myth on its head, right, the point is to make the best converts that you can. I love um, to make a good convert. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, then he compares that, uh, he sets that against, you know, an Adolf Reed quote, or in another article, perhaps. Um, like I said, I mean, like, there, when you read four articles about canceling, they kind of run together when they're all from the same guy, right? Um, and so, 
you know, Adolf Reed says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's similar themes across each one. Yeah. Um, so uh, Adolf Reed compares it to being too Protestant, and that it's this uh, focus on morally evaluating individuals between whether or not they're going to heaven or they're going to hell, um, and that you know we can't cancel ourselves because then we won't have a collective to which we are then able to to act in collective action to then bring about our better future um and and converts is not protestant i'm confused well no it is protestant yeah <laughs> um, and that's the thing right like there's there's so there's the contradiction there um but in addition to that you know the the collective that you're making the quality of that collective, the who is involved in that collective, right? Like if like that matters, the, the, the socialist project of knowing who your neighbor and bringing them with you, of, of knowing who the people are and of like radical inclusion, like that is a thing that matters significantly at that point. Um, and so you have to kick some people out of the door because those people are the ones that are going to stop, um, you know, the stop the actual collective, right? Well, That's what's going to continue atomizing everybody. Well, and they're projecting right. a lot. Like this, like you're making moral decisions. I mean, A, like everybody is. Like that's part of being human, which is being political. Like you can say you're apolitical, but like you're never apolitical mm -hmm. as a human because that it's all social, right? And yeah, like you, there, you might legislate the way in which like you 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 legislate or handle like and what is like right. the way you handle things but yeah we're all always making moral decisions and so to be like oh you are condemning it's like well you're projecting your judgmental thing about how we're not being normal enough for the left or we're making these 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 right. you know it's just it's like yeah heaven or hell like this sense and that we're, we are exiling but it's like they're exiling like it's, yeah. it's all yeah. and it's all just like impossible to get outside these problems and they're naming things wrong i don't know what would you say right. about and, that you know there's there's the classic story about um you know how does a bar become a nazi bar right well one nazi shows up and then he doesn't get kicked out yeah and then he brings a friend and then he right. that guy brings and another you could friend. say and you could sudden, say you i'm 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 right? i'm condemning them to hell i'm moralizing mm -hmm. that's not socialist that guy could be a socialist it's like well that's great yeah. but <laughs> this bar yeah. is not going like, to be socialist if we just are like whatever well and and even more importantly by by making sure that there's a space for that Nazi at the bar that you're hoping to to convert in the future, you are kicking out the trans kid that, that's not able to come in, right? It's zero sum the other way around because they're trying to exactly. say they're trying yes. to say we want to not be zero sum because we want radical inclusion, we want everybody, but right. actually they're reducing and yeah, that move right. is actually doing the opposite where it makes it zero sum because that mm -hmm. fascist ideology is the when you start the zero sum, whereas yeah, to have non-zero sum, you have to like get more by having um, right. different types of ways that you, you neutralize, right? And, and yeah, uh, moral judgment is always involved in everything we're doing politically, like, mm -hmm. and that's yeah, and... not just Protestant or not like, and 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 just the idea of wanting to have converts or being this. I mean, the whole thing is like a. I don't know. It's all it's all in the same soup. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Protestant. I don't know. 
I get I get vague when I'm like it's something Protestant and not, but also <laughs> also in the middle. Right. <laughs> it's it's also mixed up. Yeah. It's just, you, know, you don't want to you don't want to untangle it. <laughs> Well, we were talking about, too, how, like, there's sort of this yeah. Jacobin line of, like, um, just sort of that along with this debate bro uh, match their uh, aesthetic uh, thing, there's this sense of taking neoclassical economics and just uh, flipping it, you know, just maybe we'll mm -hmm. nationalize Walmart or, you know, we'll convince libertarians that taxes can fund the... Uh, Medicare for all for fascists or um, sorry that's it but they'll also use these <laughs> things of like um, this nerdiness of like you know even on like you know our allies on the left sometimes I'll sense this sort of like um, a Gnostic totem of Marx like Marx knew Marx knew mm -hmm. the way things were and this is science and this is the math of it and that you you were talking with Max I know about like just the sense that it's almost like this Elon Musk figure from the left of this like magical totemic uh, knowledge, but where you're just kind of using the winner's style and inverting it. I don't know if um, yeah, I'm making yeah. So sense like, in this transition from what we were just talking about, but I don't have well, Will so, or Max to intervene, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so like the the idea being that we have you know, what's classically called the calculation problem um, of, well, how do we make sure that what somebody wants is what somebody gets and so on and so forth from that. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of our comrades uh, reduce it down to a math problem that luckily we've got much better computers than they had in the 40s um, and that now we can solve. Right. Um, and so now you can if you get a, a good enough graphics card, we can take it away from Bitcoin mining and we can put it towards, you know, running an economy. Right. Instead of putting a bunch of uh, money into AI so that Elon Musk cars can drive better. What if we put that money into an AI that ran the economy and then. And hey, I'm all, sure I'm all for were, putting money into yeah. I'm all for putting the money from a like state spending mm -hmm. into big public works like that but they're talking about the sense where it's like there's not um a humanism to it like there's a sense of like this, right. this and you know this can happen within my people too like i think stylistically i think a lot of people for example really like brunig because he's just like i have numbers mm -hmm. um right i i care about dem socialism and i have a lot of numbers and i'm a nerd and i did debate right and sometimes there's parts of MMT discourse that can get like that, right? Where they're just like, you know, love to my MMT people. But there are elements of that uh, style that can be like, no, we know the truth. And like, here's the numbers and yeah. let's break it down. And that can make people tune out. Like you have to try to also intuitively paint a portrait of like, what are the stakes of uh, within this left discourse, like of thinking taxes differently that you spend first or what are the stakes of understanding finance politically like that finance is deeply political and we can't let it be mm -hmm. apoliticized right and and the way they think in this mathy way about uh the economy is is very austere it has the sense of like yeah. we just find walmart and we nationalize it and then walmart right. works well and it doesn't have a sort of sense of um or, or that this ai is the logic of Amazon's AI, right? Like there's no humanistic um, sense of like what would a Twitch uh, 
landscape of pleasure look like? It'll just be like, no, until the end of time, under socialism, we'll be debating the bros about, like, how we have the, the calculation right and you don't. It's like the enjoyment of being right, you know, as opposed yeah. to cultivating this sort of socialism of... of of beauty and, and thriving like an, an ai that wouldn't just be like oh we just like plug in and nobody gives a fuck like an ai that would be beautiful and participative right and mm -hmm. things like that i don't know anything about ai but <laughs> yeah i mean you know you've got to figure that it can get um that, that, it, that like a good ai can have multiple goals right and it can right. balance those things together much like a person right right um and that uh, a good ai is going to create beauty and create the opportunity for flourishing in a way that uh, a human system would attempt to have like were the incentives set up correctly for that system right um well there's a deep cynicism about human nature i think there's a deep sense of yeah. cynicism about flourishing and pleasure there's this and he'll talk mm -hmm. about this like you know when i'm in the streets you know on youtube fighting libertarians um that um you know <laughs> Well, what if Not they... just any libertarians either, right? Uh, it's Molyneux, um, who right. is both a cult leader and uh, a crazy right-wing extremist. No, they go, um, I mean, there's something to be said about, like, what is the, the ethics of talking to these people at all, right? Especially framing right. them as the main people that you want to be winning over. Like, is the, mm -hmm. like, right-wing, white, fascist, the people you want to be winning over, right? Um, why is that your main audience? Like, is that who we want to become Jacobin's... Uh, working right. class readership so that the working class can become one big uh, co-op. Yeah. Um, right. But... <laughs> like, why, why are you entertaining um, their argument? So like in, in this one particular one, right? Uh -huh. um, you know, he has this long block quote from Molyneux that I'll, I won't bother reading, um, but mm -hmm. essentially it just says that Molyneux thinks that power corrupts um, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Okay, well, cool. You know what? You could have probably just used a Lincoln scare quote for that and said, like, I just did off the top of my head. Um, and you're a smart guy, Ben, uh, right? You got a PhD. You know this. Um, this is not like, like, this is not an unheard of thing. But why, so why would you start up uh, a whole thing where you said, hey, Molyneux said this. I completely agree. Now, I do have a different analysis at the end. My conclusion is different, but I do agree with everything that he just said. Right? And that they, you have not... to make that sacrifice to win. That these are just like, right. you got to break a few eggs to have an omelet, you know? Right. And that's not the, um, you know, that that is not a thing without real sacrifice and without real, real uh, threat to do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to, to seed that ground, um, right? Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's say, let's say nine out of 10 people, they read that and they said, cool, I'm never going to read anything from Molyneux ever again. That was great. That's all I needed. And then one guy goes on and reads from Molyneux some more. Yeah, of course. Well, and Molyneux looks like he talks to leftists. He looks like he mm -hmm. has a, a legitimate... He looks legitimate. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I get that those are, like, hard questions. but And this is something they really get into a lot, too, like, with free speech that, like, yeah. oftentimes he'll sort of take up the sense of, like, well, you know, with free speech, um, you know, when Facebook bans a Nazi, which I don't know if they ever do that, but like this argument that... Uh, Let's say they could. Yeah, that the, 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 this is going to hit the left because it does hit the left. And so we have to right. like support 
right wingers not being banned. Whereas like there's a lot of examples of it being good when right wingers get banned. And, right. and, and it's it, also and, true that the left gets banned, but I don't think the left, I don't, I think the causality is weird, but I also think it's like pointed where their interest is. I don't know. Right. And so, you know, in, in a different article, he mentions that the Wall Street Journal ads, those are never blocked, but ads for Jacobin are, right? Because ads for Jacobin are counted as political speech and ads for Wall Street Journal are not. Okay. You know what? That's true. That's annoying. And that's a bad thing for everybody involved. I agree. Um, but that doesn't mean that, uh, like that, that taking this radical free speech approach where like, okay, what we need to do is let, you know, anybody say anything on the platform, um, that isn't going to create the same, same incentive either, um, without doing a lot of other requisite work that we have to do to, you know, to, to make these social media platforms or whatever public square alternatives that we have into, something that is owned by the public instead of owned by a um, a corporation that is already entrenched in you know our current neoliberal ideology and is ready to go on and promote wall street journal and not jacobin in the first place and i feel like his idea of this like internet is just like he would i don't feel like there's like a deepening of the sense of social interaction like there's a sense of cynicism mm -hmm. about human nature that like yeah, human, he even like talks about David Hume at one point, you know, he's like, certainly humans are vice and virtue, you know, and, you know, we just need to fix the economics uh, so that we don't, um, you know, hurt each other, because who fucking knows, but it's like, I, I right. don't know, I want to think the thriving of possibility a little deeper, and yeah, I mean, I do care about that our experiences be even richer with each other in these forums, and mm -hmm. just this sort of constant harping on we need to let these these conservatives talk nope nope don't correct anybody when they say something reactionary on the left we might alienate a worker it's like well that's shitty for oppressed people and shitty for me and like i'm not enjoying that like i'm not and i'm not saying my enjoyment is all that matters but like on an ethical personal level that like cares deeply about the politics of it i don't find that pleasant like to just be dickish and just like whatever humans are shit like who knows anyway let's do more logic like let's just have infinite lack of style i'm sorry but um. yeah. well and you know to to that point right like uh, the idea that um that running around and saying okay so if if every like the problem with cancel culture, the problem with online discourse, the problem with, with social media is a problem of scale, right? What happens is we get 10,000 people in a room and then all of them get to shout and that causes a big problem. Like at that point, you are just kind of replicating a hierarchy um, and you're replicating a hierarchy in, in the way that you are uncommitted to a fundamental like goodness of the people that you're talking about right like that that okay at the end of the day there's some kind of core bad thing inside them that draws them to that instead of saying okay well maybe there's you know if we were able to take care of a bunch of these material concerns maybe then we wouldn't have such a big problem right, right? well i think that's stuff. well they say the opposite um, in a way like they try to claim they're saying the opposite right like oh i don't want to cancel mm -hmm. anybody because everybody's savable but i think you're right there's actually a deep cynicism about it because it's right. like actually to love somebody is often to to tell them in no uncertain terms that you think they are wrong mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, <laughs> when, 
Well, like, uh, reminds me of a story. And not just in the, for logic, you know, even though you could no, be yeah. logical, you know, you don't want right. to have a bad, unfair argument. Yes, that's just ethics, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so so I'll tell a story that's going to be, that's going to accuse me of being called uh, maternalistic. Oh, um, no. The worst. Which, <laughs> right? Oh, no. The worst. No, how um, could you? Right? Which is, when I was, uh, when I was learning Russian, um, which I'm very bad at now, but when I was learning it, um, we got told a story about the Russian culture at the time. And so like, if you were walking around and you didn't have a hat on, you would expect a babushka to, um, to show up and to get in your face and to say like, Hey, you need to put a hat on um, here. You need to like, and she would grab you by the arm and she escort you to a hat shop and you would go get a hat right? and you go buy a hat because she said, you need to have a hat. She said, um, mijo, mijo. And she took your hair and she took your ear that's right. and was like, you dumb mm -hmm. bitch. Yeah, exactly. She grabbed your ear and she said, how are you out here in the cold like this? Yeah. You need a fucking hat on. What are you doing? Um, and right. And so try to do that, like, but in a shitty way, mm -hmm. like they Adolf Reed will do it. Right. It's like Jordan Peterson fatherhood, like creepy way. Right. That's like clean right. your room, you anarchist. And I'm like, whoa, like you're not fun. Like I don't, I don't, in my picture of like a cool matriarchy, they get you the hat and they're fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so and like the, the, at the end of it, right. After she's, she's appropriately chastised you. And you have a hat, um, Right. She just left. She just said, yep. All right. Now go on about you. with your day. Right. Good. Yep. I, I did the thing. Cool. You're good to go. Go. go yeah. along, right? Um, and the, like that takes an amount of care for yeah. the random stranger that we're not seeing in these things where we're saying, okay, these cancel culture people, like the people who are doing this, like they're all just monsters inherently and, and everything like that. Um, right. It's not setting up a, a positive understanding of, of, of the people who you would like to empower um, through socialism, even if you've promised that, that no, but I mean it. Yeah, no, totally. And there, and there, and this deep cynicism like seeps into like their, as we've said, like into their policy making, right? Like some of his mm -hmm. things, he's he he had this one that came out recently, right? About about um sort of justifying the Bernie campaign's uh union. Oh no, that it didn't union bust. Or what was it? Or was the Di or the Diane Morales? It was the Diane Morales. Yeah, yeah. like he was like. Maybe but then also the Bernie campaign. It was also mentioned in that, and they also they were already unionized, and they chose not to strike, and that was nice. Yeah, it's like. Because that would have been interfering, and that you know, I could get into a whole thing about uh Chank and Anna, but I won't go down that. <laughs> I won't go down that um path. But um, <laughs> but they there is this sense of like making it's like this is getting in the way of like socialism. Like they actually are cynical about the Diane campaign, or they're cynical about the Bernie campaign, and so they're trying to like start a union in order to interrupt the path of socialism. And then he like compares that to like right wing historical political action, you know, like the right wing truckers strike during Allende. And then mm -hmm. he's also talking about like, I don't know, Boshkar uh, mentioned to me uh, the, the right wing in Venezuela and Ukraine. I'm like, um, wait a second. Right. So you just compared Bernie's campaign unionizing to uh, like uh, fascists in Ukraine? Mm. Like, and <laughs> because Bernie, because not me right. us, which he compares to an old miner song. He's like, yeah, not me us, bitch. 
don't unionize. Sometimes that's fascist. <laughs> it's like, is this right. really made for Molyneux? I can see who you're trying to attract. You have an audience. It does seem, you know, like, mm-hmm. like what is yeah. this? Yeah, you know, and it's it's one of those things where um, you like fruit from the poison tree, right? Is kind of just like to get back to the Protestant stuff. Um, that's that like that's the problem here. Um, if the labor movement is matters, um, if its gains matter, if the workers matter, if the workers uh, do not need or should not be oppressed then the campaigns that are struggling for their rights need to not oppress them at the start. Um, You can't start in that kind of soil and expect to actually get anywhere because, um, as he says in another article... I love soil. um, Awesome. (laughs) But as he says in another (laughs) article, there is a... um, can mix our uh, you know, th- there are problems with worker union or with, with worker co-ops, I mean, mm-hmm. um, right? And like that they have disadvantages against firms. Well, okay, like that's true, but they're better. So you need to just go ahead and suck it up and have it and, and, and let it happen for the, right. camp, for the for these campaigns. And wouldn't it be nice if there was perhaps a union of electoral workers that was yeah. always working to work uh, for the next socialist campaign? And even if it had MMT inspired funding behind it, right? right. A campaign workers guild that got a local mm-hmm. grant money that states didn't yeah. reactionarily limit them from getting. <laughs> So the thing that makes the political consultants that are hired by the Democrats or the GOP any good um, for whatever good they may serve occasionally um, is that they have experience doing it, right? So they don't have a socialist upstart campaign that is not liked by anybody in the establishment um, having to figure everything out for the first go in the campaign time. Um, right. Instead, they already kind of know how it goes. They know how to make something happen. They've tried out one or two things. They have an idea. Um, right. And so if we think that electoral politics can solve any problems, just even one problem at all, if, there, if, it's, if it's at all a place of struggle, then there should be a union involved that oh, yeah. allows us to create power. Right. We need to have like this is what dual power is. Um, it's to have a, have our people in a place where they can affect change and where they can create opportunities for our candidates to go and change, uh, you know, our conditions. And I just think it's weird to be cynical. Like I remember when Chank, like yeah. Chank Uger for Young Turks, like ran for some representative thing, and there was a TYT union like that did their campaign right at the, before he was going to start up his campaign or something and and some of those uh people were like behind the scenes like oh this is cynical because they're trying to like mm-hmm. for the centrist dems it's like and you know he didn't get that many but it's like tyt isn't big enough to that may be big in this certain sphere but it's not necessarily big enough to just get you prominence in a local dem race that's not necessarily how those types right. of networks work like it's a different channel in a way like there's connections but they're not one-to-one so this cynicism that oh like this is a cynical centrist like sabotage right-wing union is like a really cynical view of campaign workers which is like some of this right-wing slippage that happens and and to tie that into the co-ops i mean i think he's always arguing right for co-ops but Mm-hmm. But by instead of saying like maybe we could have grants, maybe we could have the state like 
uh, have certain types of um, co-ops they they backed and and gave grants to uh, without interest or something, you know, public banking instead, it's like, well, it is a hard, it is hard out there, but you know, it's really good that they could like close down, not make profit during COVID, but at least they wouldn't get infected, but that did hurt their business. And I'm sure that's probably true, but I think that temptation is like what can lead into this actually mm -hmm. socialism will be like to nationalize Walmart and, and, and he'll cite like neoclassical things. He's like, I will admit that like part of the problem with you know, the Soviet Union was they didn't the calculation problem, right? They didn't they didn't have price signals. And I'm sure there's right. valid critiques of like whatever production and distribution system was occurring. But I don't think it's mm -hmm. I don't think price. I mean, price signals to me sounds like pretty like Hayekian or I'm not an expert on that. But I mean, I think prices, you know, people like Nathan Tankis and and Ron Gray mm -hmm. have looked at that a lot, that prices are more complicated than that. Like there's more institutional long-term stability to prices than this sort of claim as if we're just out here having choices in the market that like make prices right. fluctuate. Like it's supply and, and chains or it's much different mm -hmm. and institutions are what's affecting that. And so it makes sense then if you think it's so hard to be in a co-op, but really noble, sort of this charity mindset too, right? It's really noble and really right. good, but it will be hard out there. So also we need like a robust national Walmart sector. I don't know. It's just like kind of, <laughs> it's kind of coming out of this austerity um, foundation uh, that mm -hmm. makes sense in the logic of we have to just play their game and like have better arguments and be really persistent, right? Like as many right. Jacobin articles as possible because, you know, that will organize the class, like as opposed to maybe having some self-consciousness about the, the medium you're in, right? Like we are in niche sort of self-selected mediums that accept, we're willing to accept lots of different people and want to be accessible to lots of different type of people but none of this media is necessarily just i think it's influencing people who work in politics or or who are in communities that's the idea and then that's like at different levels but just the idea that i write about worker co-ops and jacobin and then we'll just organize mm -hmm. enough of them and then that i mean it's just i don't know and and then but we'll probably fail and then we'll need to nationalize right. walmart but no riots because riots will piss off Riots will piss off conservatives, you know, that. Right. Uh, oh, but also a right-wing riot is not fascist. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's another. Uh, yeah, that's works. another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You it's know, our it alternate is, um, plan for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Relitigate January 6th. <laughs> right. Yet again. We agree that he was not correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're, you're yeah. wrong on this also. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, you know, the, again, it gets back to that slippage that you were talking about, the, the right wing slippage dropping into just all the framing that you do. Um, if, you, if that's part of your frame, then that's going to color, like, that's inherently going to color how you see things, right? And it's going to set you up to, um, to do reactionary thinking and reactionary approaches to problems that need to be to have radical solutions, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna fall back on those, right? And that's why, for the Morales campaign, for instance, you need to go ahead and start with union labor, um, yeah, right? And like absolutely. supporting that union labor is really important because yeah. 
if you don't, then you know what? You put Morales in charge who via non-union, non-worker owned labor. Well, right? and it's and bad like, along And at the that way. point, it's already the cheat code. And you right, right. Yeah, exactly. And it hurts your campaign. Like, it hurts your campaign. Right. It hurts your workers. Right. It's hypocritical. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. not good for anyone. There's no reason right. to make that kind of sacrifice. Like, that's just not yeah. what we want to be about, you know? And, and I think this mm -hmm. comes out of, like, uh, another of his articles, you know, this tax to spend logic on, which is so deep on the left. And, you know, it is true in history that uh, before fiat money, when you do have a gold standard, right, and you, you have this ideological creation where money is limited in a certain way that you did tax to, to do, to get money in a certain way, and that we do have state and local spending and with tax, right. but again, which is, we still don't want to um, use this trope of, of taxpayer logic, not just because it's wrong federally, but because there's a history of uh, right-wing revolt that's on this idea of taxpayer money, right? Like we don't want our money to go to black kids schooling, right? And and so Ben's writing about this. He's like, all right, this is something really important for the left, it, which is I'm going to teach you all basically to debate a, a libertarian who like thinks taxes mm -hmm. is violence, right? Like you're out in the wild, you you run into a libertarian, they think taxes are violence. You know, this is the <laughs> the Sam Cedar where we would have to probably. Uh, tell Sam Cedar too, like the taxes build the roads isn't quite the right um, point of view either, because you're you're right. you're uh, naturalizing this idea that we have the amount of money that's out there in the capitalist economy, mm -hmm. and we can take some of it in, right? And then uh, that's not violence because we care about the public, and then you're just not really politicizing finance correctly because you're not understanding that spending comes first especially federally and that all of it right. is created that way and and he goes through imminently right like all right like you're like i said you're talking to some dude he's like look taxes are violence and like what are you gonna do what are you gonna say and he's like right. he's like how oh, it must be ironic for for uh for these uh libertarians that tax day is just a couple days after bastille day i'm like what is this a nightmare sense of humor like yeah just like <laughs> <laughs> Just that joke super landed, yeah. I know, I'm definitely. just like, okay, so, <laughs> so true. So, <laughs> so my my hot take yeah. about this yeah. is that uh, when you fight in this format um, and when you take upon the libertarian approach to this stuff, um, what you do is you've forgotten that we're capitalist, like we're inside a capitalist system and you are strictly fighting upon feudal grounds, right? The, the idea of how these taxes, um, how like you need to gather these taxes so you can then spend these taxes is an idea that is more commensurate with feudal like with whatever your conception of feudal logic is, right? In that you've got some dude who goes out there with a gun or a sword or whatever, and he says, hey, give me give me some of that stuff you made and I'm gonna go sell it somewhere else and that's gonna be part of my money, right? And like, haha, you can't move. Um, and like to understand taxes as a thing that you can grab from other people that then gives you wealth instead of a way that you're manipulating a money system, right? That you're annihilating those, those dollars from, uh, from the supply as you change up other things, right? Is a very, uh, mistakenly futile concept of right. what, of, of money and how money is interacting instead of 
um, a capitalist idea of money in that like we have a, a strong state that's in control of this whole thing and can then uh, print its own that maybe it's like beyond that that's just capitalism i know like i have to do an interview with with um scott ferguson mm-hmm. at some point about this like that one, one of his hottest takes is that uh, that the idea nice. of capitalism too like we maybe cede too much to that feudal ground that there is designed in certainly like this corporate and capitalist system where right you have liberal money is like mm-hmm. how we sense that money or neoliberal money that money has been made for this sort of uh, capitalist, uh, like roughly termed system, but that still there's mm-hmm. a public core that is not capitalist, right? That is that because of this spending first, that you only ever make the public capitalist, right? And so right. there's always a core of the public there that you know you can make arguments about whether you what's the path to change, right? Can you change it within the system or do you have to like win power? But whatever way you're trying to get your agenda, you're still contending with uh, a going account of that system. And the the way these systems work through time uh, has certain dynamics and to create a system with abundance, whatever way you think there is to power, you have to be able to imagine uh, how public money could work and sort of naturalizing this Bastille Day, tax day, Biden say, we'll just convince mm-hmm. them taxes are actually nice. And he tries to say, you know, you know, he's trying to say his horizon of change. He says, uh, the first federal income taxes in the U.S. were imposed to fund the war to break the power of the planter class and free 3.9 million slaves. Um, okay, that's nice. That's beautiful. Now, I still, yeah, I don't, good. but I don't think that like, I'm not sure that was like a tax movement. Um. I also just don't <laughs> think that that's how taxes are yeah. like, like, again, right? Like that goes back to like, is that how taxes work? Yeah. Or do you grab taxes and then pay people like that? Yeah, and is, is, that, and how is that, that how the civil war work? Like, I don't, is that how, Abel, I mean, I think finance is really politically important. And so yeah. I, to, to have abolition, right. And abolish slaves. Like I want to really celebrate where monetary systems should be intervening in that but i think it's you know if you're writing in jacobin and like a place that is like often not dealing with mmt to be saying that uh uh this was without a doubt the deepest and most important advance in human freedom enabled by taxation thus far and it won't be the last it's like the entire aesthetic mm-hmm. of you know is just taxes and he like is on the record is thinking abolition is not realistic now so he's not even an abolition taxation person anyway so that's cynical to be like taxes are good for abolition and you're not even understanding that taxes are abolition right when people think Mm -hmm. well we need to tax the rich um tax jeff bezos to fund the economy you're not understanding that that's not a source that's not spending that's the democracy of abolishing wealth that makes it not be fair but that actual abolition as far as finance is spending into creation public programs it's not just like and and that abolition has all these human elements that are not just like about um winning over some molly new libertarian (laughs) tax nerds and be like no 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 bastille day was good and you know and 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 taxes freed the slaves um (laughs) yeah well you know with that taxes aren't slavery Yeah, yeah yeah with that conception of taxes how is the country not a worker co-op? Well, 
like like not not yours right but this this uh this we're all paying in creating the uh the the united states army that then's going to go and free the slaves right that like at that point you know like like we're like the job's done we're stopped because we're part of the worker co-op of cre of the creation and sustaining of america um like where where else are you trying to go Right, that's interesting. Well, yeah, because it's like there's already all there will ever be, yeah. and there's no creation right. nor abolition. Mm -hmm. It's just like sort of a right, yeah. and like you have you have Nothing your voice needs to in, be changed, and yeah, you have your voice in the workers' co-op because you have a vote, Which and is... that vote then goes over to your union rep, and then your union rep goes and talks to their senate rep. Um, and then like the, all that stuff, like just kind of goes around, goes around. From this, there. Is, this is um, Ian's inner, Ian's inner left wing libertarian is like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wouldn't mind not paying taxes. <laughs> I like, I'm just, yeah, I wouldn't mind, but right, like the, the, what I'm saying is that this view that we're seeing in the article that we're talking about, about the libertarian, um, tax setup, yeah. it, it sets up. The horizon of possibility is very close at that point. Yeah, it's just, we're we're already there with yeah, that, uh, and we just if only we could just redirect our tax funds to the ways that we want to. Yeah, right, like that's what it is. Yeah, instead and of Walmart had a more the radical US approach flag on it, instead of uh, right Hugo Chavez's funded army in front of mm -hmm. it with um. Fred Jameson and a DSA um, coalition on its way to Cuba. Um, sorry, <laughs> I'm a bitch. <laughs> but you know, we we I think we value to an extent like some of this attempt uh, to this sense of I'm going to be this sort of populist, simple person who tries to be out there talking with people and care about them. But there's just the aesthetic choices, the people he's reading as his audience. There's just so many sacrifices that are assumed at every step and it always has to do with seeding to, to right-wing ideologies like the best way right. to win people over you know but also talking out of both sides of your mouth right like we can't have a left uh, strike because like what about mm -hmm. right-wing strikers you know or, <laughs> right. or we can't have mmt because i don't know why but um <laughs> I don't know what's their reason right. done that but uh we can't have abolition because that that's not reasonable that's the whole, the whole aesthetic is just uh, an aesthetic of premature sacrifice. And, and, and you can see that it's premature and that he's, he's always declaring, right? You talked about a hierarchy and he's, he's always deciding, he's making constant decisions about what's right and wrong and, and, yeah. and speaking constantly, which great, like we're all for inflationary speaking at superstructure, but like, we also are for like taking an ethical and aesthetic, uh, accounting for like what your engagement is and like what are your values and i think that and listening to the, i mean i just think that we have really different values about what we want for the left and the sort of constant insisting on like we need free speech we need to make sure we don't shut down this right winger nazi in the bar too quickly is just that's all that ever yeah. happens you never get to uh talk about new ideas you never get to talk about grants or funding you're just having like you said this thing that you just sort of nationalize it and it exists like it's always had and there's no transformative potential and that precisely is what what capacitates this right-wing 
uh, proto idea of just wanting to get outside, right? Like I just want to not pay mm -hmm. my taxes because there is no possibility of a true public because that's pure domination, right? And and so it's like, well, what right. would authentic participation look like? And if your participation is toxic for most people that aren't in a narrow uh, hegemonic look that has a, an ideology behind it that is part of its economic ideas part of all these things it's seeding to it's just i don't know to me that's not the type of radicalism i believe in or or want to be a part of and i don't think it's the the, the right way to to go yeah it's uh, again right it's that the horizon of possibility is just so close yeah you know what like that's not radical that's not transformative it doesn't take us to a new place it doesn't open up possibility um, it is what came before, and uh, we know where that gets us. Yeah, right? and it's, uh, it's seeding to, to violence, too, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're making right. space for people to get hurt. You're making space ahead of time to make it where mm -hmm. you're not committed to keeping people safe. Yeah. You know? I mean, this is a tactic that people love to complain about Democrats engaging in all the time, right? Like yeah. negotiating against yourself. It's going ahead. To, it's going to the table with a lower offer because you know that the first one that you want won't get accepted. So why don't we go ahead and, you know, pull back the dreams a little bit? No, why don't we go there with a bigger offer? Okay, now um, Ian now Ian is coming out as um for force the vote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what else what else do you have to any last thoughts on uh, our Ben Burgess or not last thoughts? No, but <laughs> what what where do we uh, where do we want to get people? Yeah, I mean I think so I think that hopefully people followed along pretty well. I think that, you know, uh, both of us are uh, a little bit scattered. Um, but I think... I think it works. What, it works in its way, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I, I think it does. Yeah. Um, but what I think that people need to take away is that uh, the socialism and the arguments that Ben puts forth are similar to the arguments that the Brunigs put forth. They are small they are not radical they are incremental um, and the vision of the future that they have is uh, lacking a fundamental beauty and hope that we cannot let it lack and i think that's fatally i mean i, I don't think that it's easy to ever like monday morning quarterback any campaign i think winning power in all different spheres is really hard but I don't think that's necessarily as efficacious as they think to to constantly be kind of paring oneself down into not having that sort of audacious hope and beauty, right? To constantly right. kind of be um, saying, well, we need to like, you know, make sure I'm a good teacher, make sure I, I dot my I's and cross my T's and, you know, um, I'm, I'm correct uh, in my... Uh, just nerdy point and, 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 and boring, but really insistent. I don't know. I mean, there, there's, there's an austerity to the, the way of thinking mm -hmm. that I, I do think people notice. And I think, um, again, I don't want to, yeah, it, go ahead. Yeah. I think the austerity to the thinking makes it feel more possible. And I think that is a, an attitude that we have to reject. Totally. Cause I think it totally, cause I don't think that's like how, humans i don't think that's a left-wing point of view that's a reaction right this, no. that's a that's the dick nixon point of view right to be like yep. yeah the the silent it's a silent majority idea of 
of democratic socialism, right? Which is exactly mm -hmm. what third way Democrats do, which is like, hey, the silent majority of us know we can't have full abolition. We know we know taxes are hard libertarians. However, you know, <laughs> you know, we need some doctors, you know, uh, and, right. and it's it's not celebrating the beauty of people. It's not celebrating. It's saying, no, 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 like free speech is good. Let the right wingers speak it. But it doesn't want beautiful speech to flourish. It wants this acerbic, austere, but constant nervous speech to flourish mm -hmm. instead. That That is, um, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but that is sort of not, I don't know, there's something like practical about it that is, uh, has a punishment drive that not examined really is i think is harmful to the left because it's yeah it's the sense of like you know wear khakis uh to an antifa rally right that's right. that's that's important so that we don't get uh not nazi pushback you know mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like this is just like who are you who is your audience like who is it we're trying to attract and what are you thinking you know like this just doesn't even make sense to me at all but yeah yeah so I think that's a, that was a great episode. Thanks for coming on, Ian. Uh, love to have you, you on. Uh, well, remind people of where to find you again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and only on Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, at Ian uh, um, as, a, as portrait. All right. That's it. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much. See you guys later. As you sing, grow the pressure grows. As you sing. Grow
Sweaty eyes, sky and sliding so 